Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and it is Saturday, March 24th. This is episode number 84. We are creeping up on 100, uh, which is very exciting. I've never had a podcast go this long or uh, be this successful, to be honest with you. But as I was uh, starting uh, my research for the show today, I started at 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I mean, I had to stop and feed my kids and help them with their homework. But for mostly from the, let's just say, 7 o'clock to 2 o'clock, I was researching articles and trying to dig down into what's important uh, to share on the show. But while I was doing that, I was actually buying a movie for my kids on iTunes. I looked in the podcast section, and I noticed I got a new review. It's not a great review, and that's okay. Uh, but I want to read it to you, because I, I um, there, we have a lot of new listeners, and... Um, I'm doing a lot of different things with the show that you may or may not notice, and I want to make sure we're all kind of on the same page. But here's here's the here's what he said. It's titled "Come On." Uh, so can you give me two stars? I don't. It seems like you should give me one. But it says a uh, guy literally reads headlines and gives his half-informed opinions. That's fair. Which he admits to not being fully aware of the details fair worst of all he found the need to announce every time every single freaking sip of alcohol he took dude podcast or drink don't do both fair so the first thing i'm going to do is uh when i'm recording when you're when you're one person recording your throat goes in mouth goes dry very quick so i'll just pause the podcast and i'll take a drink that's fine that i can totally understand why that would annoy somebody uh the second thing is um since I started this podcast, I've, I've, uh, it was terrible in the beginning. I'm not saying it's great now, but it's way better than it was in the beginning. So I'm still learning and I'm happy to take your, your criticism. So, and again, this doesn't really bother me because the podcast is still growing. So there's a certain amount of people out there who try it and they don't like it, but every week we're growing. So, uh, I understand that, uh, there's some things that annoy people. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to provide as much information as I can in a short time period. The goal of this podcast is 20 to 30 minutes. Last week we went to 50. 
Um, I hope last week was informative because I really did a lot of research to try and give you good details on uh, the articles. But in the beginning of the show, and I don't always announce this, but in the beginning of the show, um, I talk about, uh, you know, kind of updates and then something that I like. And then we get into what's really more of like a headline section if you're listening to Daily Tech News Show, um, where uh, basically I tell you about the story and it's just a little blip just to kind of make you aware of it. It's not to give any context or anything like that. It's just kind of to make you aware of it. Maybe I'll throw in an opinion, an uninformed opinion. Uh, maybe I won't, but it's just kind of that's what that's for, uh, just to make you aware. Because there's lots of things out there that I think are interesting, but I can't talk about them all. So I think explaining the show a little bit better uh, would help people, kind of the onboarding process if you are listening to the show. So that's what I'm trying to do with that part of the show, kind of the headlines. I've decided to call those kilobits. So the kilobits section is just kind of headlines with a little bit of information, maybe an ill of uninformed opinion, or maybe some context. Maybe not. It's just sometimes it is what it is. But it's not um, enough. It's not a big enough story to talk about it in the main body of the show. And then uh, the next section of the show uh, is the news section. And there I try to go in more depth. And where I have to, I will... Um, you know, this is where I'll look at multiple sources to kind of get an idea of where the story is going to give it more than just a single dimension. Uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there. There's still a lot of unknowns in the EV industry. Um, and we don't know where Tesla's going. We don't know where a lot of these companies are going with their EV efforts. So a lot of it is speculation on my part. So um, this is fair. And if you are still listening, whoever wrote this, if you continue to listen, I appreciate it. And shoot me an email, Bodie at 918digital.com, because I would like to hear your constructive criticism. Um, that's B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Okay, enough of that. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Patreon and my one awesome supporter, and I don't know if he likes to be mentioned or not. So I'm not going to mention him uh, multiple times because maybe he's shy or maybe he likes to be mentioned. I don't know. Let me know what you think if you like to be mentioned. Uh, let me know if you like to be mentioned or not. Um, but things I like. The, the Knife Media. This is basically uh, CNN has a slant. Fox News has a slant. All these, these um, newspapers and... Um, and television news sites, they all have a slant and they give you a lot of opinion and not a lot of fact, but they present it as fact. Uh, the Knife Media, and I'll put the link in the show notes, they kind of cut through all of the stuff. They talk about, uh, if it, just say, let's pretend it's uh, something on our president, Donald Trump, and Russians. It's really far fetched, but just pretend that that's in the news. They take Fox News's. Um, what Fox News says about it, for instance, and it, you know, they, it's not just Fox News, and they'll cut through all of the fat and they'll give you the meat of it, and then they'll take what CNN, as another example, says, and they'll cut through all CNN's fat and they'll just kind of give you the lean news, which I really appreciate. Um, I'm thinking about paying these guys. Uh, they have a Patreon. They're so good, and it has to take just knowing how long it takes to 
prep and do this show. It must take these folks a really long time to get these articles um, out because they're really well researched and it's all done without any fan. Like there's no spin. There's no hype. It's like here are the facts and and that's all. That that's the none of this other stuff manders everything else's opinion, but here are the facts, which I really appreciate. I've been um they have a podcast and a news site and a newsletter that they'll send to your email. I've been doing this for about I don't know, two weeks now, I think. Uh the podcast for two weeks. I just signed up for the newsletter and it is it's just so good. It doesn't take very much time, a couple minutes a day. Uh, but it's really, really good. I, I appreciate their efforts. Okay, let's get to updates. You can always go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt to support the show. I'm not going to hit that over the head this week. Uh, Model 3 update, according to the Bloomberg counter. Tesla's currently building 802 cars per week for a grand total of 10,749 shipped, according to Bloomberg this isn't real numbers. This is just what Bloomberg thinks. Um, also, it's just kind of as a side note, you can also uh, pay your down payment for a new Tesla with Apple Pay if you so choose, which makes it really easy to pay a down payment. Um, almost frictionless. Scary easy, actually. Uh, next up, we got some videos, and we got good ones uh, this week. Uh, one's a gutted like a uh, P100D that somebody took all of the non-essential stuff out of going zero to 60. And it's like 2.2 seconds. It's ridiculous how fast this car goes. Uh, so that's a, one, of the inter- uh, one of the videos. The other one is a Model S uh, that's navigating road construction in autopilot mode. And with this new update, everybody is happy with autopilot mode. Well, everybody that I see online. I don't know if everybody is, but everybody I see online is really happy with this. Um, The next one is, why isn't Tesla broke? This is a video that just kind of talks about how um, Tesla's losing money at a a very high, or not, Tesla's burning through money at a very high rate, and how is it that they're not uh, broke? How do they still have money? Uh, Next one is a video with a drag race between an Audi RS7 that's completely modified and a stock model sp 100 d turns out the audi won by eight seconds uh but the tesla had a nice start but in the end the audi run uh 0.08 seconds but in the end the tesla the audi won uh two reviews one with uh on the metal three one with business insider and the other one with phil's morning drive so if you want to see more uh information on the model three just click on the video section in the show notes. Okay, now on to the kilobits section. Again, this is mostly just uh, a brief overview of the story, and then we'll just move on. Uh, first up, Autoblog put together a really cool electric car buyer's guide. It covers basic EV terms, EV technology, batteries charging, and much, much more. So if you're in the market for an EV or if you have a friend that's in the market for an EV and they don't understand um, they don't understand what's important in buying an electric vehicle, uh, send them to this link. And I'll put the link in the show notes. It's really, really well done. Uh, next story is Fred Lambert. 
uh, man, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Lutz Meshk. I'm sorry. It's terrible. The deputy chairman of Porsche's executive board. He doesn't think that Tesla's on the right path with their superchargers and how they're they're running them. Um, he thinks that not using them as profit centers is a huge mistake. With Porsche, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be charging a fair price, what they think is a fair price. And it's actually um, pretty close to what the, ca the price of gasoline is, which is, you know, in the United States, I think I just paid 270 or something like that in Phoenix to fill my car up. Uh, so that's their goal. Their goal is to use it as a profit center and then grow it from there, grow the, the charging stations from there. Uh, man, the problem is, is that in Europe and in the United States, uh, Porsche has partners and consortiums with the, the charging stations. So I don't know how they, I don't know if the consortium all agreed on that and they're all going to charge whatever the price is uh, that's close to, to gasoline. Or if it's Porsche is just going to have some of these charging stations all by them, uh, you know, aside from the um, consortiums that they're a part of, and they're going to uh, charge whatever they want at those places. It's hard to know. It's hard to know for sure because uh, they didn't give details on that. But here's the thing. I agree, and I think you, Tesla and all these companies should make enough money uh, on the, and even a little extra for, for, you know, play money, um, on, on their charging stations, because I want, you know, I want one in the middle of the desert. When I go to California, I don't want to have to be like, Oh man, there's one 30 miles away and I've got 35 miles of range. Fingers crossed. I don't, I don't want that to happen. I want them to be everywhere as, or as many places that they can be, um, that makes sense. But on the other side, when you go to a gas station, uh, you know, crude oil is pumped out of the ground. It is transported to a refinery. The refinery refines the fuel. And then the fuel is transported, uh, you know, to the gas stations. And that's an oversimplification. But there's a lot of steps in there, and that's what adds to the cost of gasoline. So if your electricity, which is either coming from the grid or you're creating your own with batteries and um, and uh, solar panels, you're creating your own electricity, that is quite a bit uh, less. That's quite a bit cheaper than what uh, what oil costs, costs, or excuse me, what gasoline and diesel costs to produce. So I don't quite understand the logic there other than they want to make a ton of dollar bills. Um, and I'm sure that they do. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would you, what's the advantage of going to an EV if you have to uh, pay as much as you would pay in gas? Now, I'm not talking about the environmental advantage. I just say, I mean, the economical advantage. There isn't. Uh, you might be able to charge at home. Maybe that's that's one positive thing. But beyond that, there's really no benefit if you're charging the same amount as gas. So it seems a little gougy. So on, on one side, I'm on board with charging a fair price. On another side, I'm not on board with being a jerk and charging as much for something that's actually got to be um, so pumped out of the ground 
refined and transported to locations across you know the world that doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. all right next up gm tesla and 36 utility companies utility electric utilities excuse me they want to extend the ev tax credit in the united states so currently uh companies like tesla and gm and ford they're they're, they are capped at 200000 Once they sell 200000 electric vehicles, that $7,500 tax incentive that U.S. citizens get goes away uh, for that company. So uh, GM and Tesla are both lobby, lobbying to extend the tax credit in the United States. Both companies are set to hit the, the limit um, either early this year, which would be Tesla, or early next year, which is likely GM. While speaking at an energy conference, GM CEO Mary Barra called on Congress to extend the tax credits past the $200,000 $200, limit. During the same speech, she talked about extending the production of the Chevy Bolt. So I don't know if that's a carrot and a stick thing. If they're like, um, now this is at an energy summit. It's not in front of Congress or anything. But they, you know, they call on Congress to extend this. And, oh, by the way, we're going to have a whole lot more jobs and there's going to be a whole lot more benefit to the economy because we're going to start uh, selling more EVs. And that's going to put people to work building these things. I don't know. I don't know if it's carrot for Congress or I don't even know if they care at this point. And American politics is so confusing to me nowadays that uh, it's kind of it's just up in the air uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, I have no idea what they're going to do next. And um, it, nothing surprises me at this point. Next up, we have Electric's Zach Hall. This is kind of a short one. Apple's still working on their self-driving car efforts. Um, they have currently more self-driving test testing permits than Uber or Tesla in California. Uh, they have 45 test testing permits. I don't know if they have 45 uh, self-driving cars in operation, uh, but it would kind of make sense that they have somewhere close to that number. But it'll be interesting to see when and what Apple releases because uh, 45 is not an insignificant number. And at some point, they're going to come out with their plans. And I, I don't know. I'm an Apple fan. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't buy an Apple car, I don't think. But very interesting to see what they're up to. Next up, Inside EVs, Daniel Lavia. The Jaguar I-PACE, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, this is more of an update, scores a 6 out of 10 from CarWow. CarWow is a company that you could buy like used cars from, I guess. This seems kind of low. The 6 out of 10 seems kind of low. Uh, but the guy driving the I-PACE in the video that I found online, uh, he, had, he got to drive it for three minutes in wet, uh, sloshy, um, sleety kind of weather in Geneva, and he kind of drove it through a solemn course, and it looks like he had a lot of fun during that three-minute drive. Uh, the pros, they said, was that it was quick. They had a big boot or trunk. Uh, it had a very high-tech cabin. The cons were that there's no seven-seat option. It's expensive, and the infotainment is poor. Like, you have to fiddle with it to get to a lot of the features. So... This is Jaguar's first, I think it's their first EV. 
Um, if it's not their first, it's one of their first. So it's, you know, no big deal. I'm sure some, there's plenty of people out there that would enjoy this car. Next up, Elon Musk deleted and removed all of his personal and all his personal and his company's Facebook pages. They're all gone. And this is after the Cambridge Analytica news. If you don't know what that is, do a Google search. Pretty big deal. Elon still uses Instagram, though, which is a Facebook property. And he says as long as it stays independent from Facebook, he'll continue to lose, use it. And I say it's it won't stay independent, and it's likely not independent. So they're still probably hoovering up all your data and putting that into the Facebook machine. I would like to delete Facebook, to be honest with you. I don't enjoy using Facebook, but my wife and I live in Arizona. All of our family pretty much lives in Alaska. So it's the only way I get to kind of get a daily or weekly update on how my family's doing. That's the only way. Before that, I had no idea. My family and I don't talk very much. So we had, you know, it's, it's not that we don't like each other. We like each other. It's just we just don't talk very much. So before that, we had no, I had no idea. My sister could go, you know, two years without talking to her and don't know if she's dead or alive. Other than my mom didn't call and say she's dead. So moving on. I guess the thing is, is I would like to find some, something else I can move my family to. So I could delete Facebook too. Next one is Fred Lambert. Elon gets the okay from Tesla investors on his multi-billion dollar compensation package. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It's it's pretty impressive. On the other side, I have serious internal feelings about CEOs making so much more than their employees do. But we won't get into that here. Next one is Fred Lambert. Tesla gets nearly 500,000 applications, job applications, every year. Currently, Tesla has around 37,000 employees globally, which is a lot of employees. I have no idea how they sort through to find qualified candidates. I'm guessing they use some sort of AI assistant to get through the... I mean, there's probably a series of questions that disqualify you automatically, and then they have some sort of AI assistant that floats the best candidate to the top. I don't know. But that has got to be an overwhelming job to go through that. We're almost done with the kilobit section. Uh, Teslarati Simon Alvarez, at Tom Kiss on Twitter, asked Elon when the Model 3, and I'm I'm not using direct quotes here. Yes, Elon, when the Model 3 would be coming to the UK, Elon responded that right-hand drive should arrive mid-next year. So if you live in a country and you have... Um, a right hand, your steering wheel is on the right side, mid next year. However, if you live in the UK, he didn't say that it was coming to the UK mid next year. He just said they'd start developing them sometime mid next year. So it might go to Asia or it might go, I think Asia and and the UK are the only places. Uh, Australia maybe. I don't know. Anyway, just keep that in mind. Uh, Just because it's coming mid next year it doesn't mean it's going to your country but we'll keep you posted and uh oh you know elon said uh elon suggested looking into a used model s because he said it's better than the model three unless he's tom kiss is looking for a smaller car 
which I don't know, he almost certainly is because he asked Elon about it. I mean, specifically. <laughs> so I'm guessing he's looking for a smaller car. The roads are more narrow in Europe or in, in, uh, in uh, Great Britain. So it'd make more sense to want a smaller vehicle. Last kilobit story, Electric's Jameson Dow. Model 3 gets Siri integration with Tesla iOS 3.3.3 update. Tesla's iOS app 3.3.3 update. So you can say, hey, Siri, is my car locked? Hey, Siri, lock. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that. I might put somebody's phone off. Hey, S gal or guy. Unlock my car, flash the lights on my car, honk my horn, where's my car? How much charge does my car have? These are just some some of the confirmed functionality in the Siri, um, in the app itself. So the only thing is, is it won't work unless your phone's unlocked. So if your phone is locked, it will not, it'll ask you to unlock your phone before, before it'll perform one of these functions. All right, so let's get to the news section. In the news section, we have three things to talk about here. So we'll be over with, this podcast will be over fairly quick. No 50-minute podcast this week. First up, Fred Lambert from Electric. A Model X caught fire, killing the driver after being involved in an accident in the Bay Area. If you don't know, the in the United States, the Bay Area is the San Francisco-Oakland area in Northern California. The Model X hit a median and caught fire before being hit by two other cars. The driver was taken to the hospital, but died due to the, due to the extent of his injuries. There's no word if the injuries uh, were due to the impact or due to the fire or a combination. I'm guessing if he hit the median and it caught on fire, it was likely due to the fire. But I don't know for sure. Um, the pictures show basically uh, the the two back seats of the model x you see those but anything in front of that it looks like it was just kind of burned away uh, now it, there's no indication whether this was an extrication or if it really was just kind of burned away i don't i don't really know how that whole thing uh, played out because the pictures aren't very good but typically when we i'm a firefighter if you don't know typically when we extricate a car we don't take the entire front part of the car off um, when I say typically, never. We only take as much of the car away from the, the person to get them out. So it's likely that the whole front of the car just kind of caught on fire. Um, but it it's the pictures are eerie. So you can just take a look at the pictures. Um, but this is a real concern of mine because those lithium batteries are... Hmm, they're not as, as stable as other forms of energy, although, you know, gasoline and all that stuff. But my concern is is not being able to, being hit, the car being on fire, not being able to get my kids out. And I guess that's the kind of the same concern with the gasoline. But it seems like these are different fires. When a car catches on fire uh, because of a gasoline thing or an electric short somewhere on the car, it's it's a slower burning process, even though it's still pretty fast. Then what the when the lithium ion batteries catch on fire, it just seems like that's a very violent, um, high heat uh, kind of a problem. And I don't, I you know, I'm still going to buy an electric car at some point, 
But that's concerning because if that's the case, there is no way in heck I'm going to get my kids out of the back of the car, um, much less myself. So what I would not, what I'd really like to not do is burn up in a fire, car fire. But there is no evidence that electric vehicles catch on fire more than ICE cars do. And there hasn't been a lot of deaths due to um, electric vehicles catching on fire. I'm sure there's been some, uh, but, you know, I go through these articles every week and I don't see them very often. And when I do, I bring them up. So, um, let's see. Uh, like I said, lithium batteries are a lot more difficult to extinguish. They burn hotter. Uh, Tesla recommends large amounts of water. So they recommend calling for, if you're on the freeway, even calling for an additional unit to get you more water. And um, using a thermal imaging camera to monitor the battery for at least an hour. Uh, now, on that last little bit, an engine company is not going to sit there for an hour and monitor the battery with their thermal imaging camera. Um, just in case you don't know, a thermal imaging camera sees heat. So you can point the, the camera at the battery and you can see if it's heating up or not. And it's kind of like, um, it just gives you a contrast between the temperatures of like, say the battery and the body of the car, for instance, it just kind of gives you a contrast of, and if one's hotter than another, it get it gl glows brighter. But it's unlikely that firefighters are going to sit there for an hour, especially if it's a busy freeway or highway, because they they need to get back in service and move on with their their day and run more calls. That's what their jobs. That's what uh, that's what our jobs are. So I don't see them sitting there for an hour. They might sit there for thirty minutes, clean up, use the tick thermal imaging camera to see if it's still, if it's hot or not. And if it's not, they're, they're gone. And anytime you're on the highway, freeway or road, uh, with fire truck, you're basically asking, uh, for somebody to hit you. doesn't happen very often, but you are a big target on the road. And there's a lot of looky-loos after a car fire. Next up, second of our three stories. And this is good news for all of our friends in Canada. We have a lot of listeners in Canada. The Model 3 is set to launch in Canada with a starting price of 45600 Canadian dollars. And this is uh, pretty amazing. It's $350 more than the U.S. price. But I guess the Model S and Model X when it went to Canada was quite a bit more. So 350 is pretty, pretty good um, to keep the price so close. This, the starting price is for the standard package. It's not for the package that everybody in the U.S. has to buy. So if you're in Canada and you want one of these cars right away, you have to buy the upgraded package to get the car earlier. And you have to be a current Tesla owner. Eventually, they'll open that up to non-owners, according to Tesla, and duh. But right now, uh, you can only be... You have to go with the upgraded car, which is significantly more money, in my opinion, significantly more money. And be a current owner. Now, my best guess is Tesla's close to that $200,000 tax credit. This is the first thing I thought about when I read this article. And it's not in the article, so this is me speculating. But Tesla's really close to that $200,000 tax credit limit in the United States, or tax incentive. 
So my guess is Tesla's diverting some of these Model 3s to Canada to stay underneath that 200,000 mark until July. Because if they can make it under, if they can stay under 200,000 until July, that tax credit gets extended to the end of 2018. If June 29th, they hit 200,000 cars sold, that tax credit um, on July 1st now drops to half of what the $7,500 was. So if they can just keep that up just a little bit longer, they'll add more value for the people buying Teslas throughout 2018. That's my best guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like it would be. And finally, uh, tech, tech, TechCrunch, Matt Burns. This is not an EV story, but it is a self-driving vehicle story. On March 18th at 10 p.m., a woman was struck by an Uber self-driving car in Tempe, Arizona. If you don't know, I live in Phoenix, so um, I see these cars driving around all the time. Uber's vehicle was traveling in the right-hand lane, and they were go the, the vehicle was traveling at 40 miles an hour. On this particular road, you have two lanes going one way, you have a turning lane, and two lanes going another way. So you basically have five lanes on this road. It's a big, wide road with big, wide lanes. It's very dark. Um, according to what I saw in the video, you basically only see the headlights of the vehicle shining in front of it. And so just to kind of give you an idea, to paint you a picture if you haven't seen the video. Now, the woman, her name was, uh, forty. she was 49-year-old Elaine Herzberg. She was walking her bike across the street, so she was coming from the left and going to the right into the lane where the Uber was, and she was struck. She was not at a crosswalk, and she was in a very dark section of the road. That's important to note. Now, based on the lines on the road in America, the white lines in between each other, I think, are about 10 feet. Um, I looked it up online. They said 10 feet, but I didn't go out and actually measure it out so i'm just going to assume that it's 10 feet so based on that it appears that when i'm i slowed the video down and it doesn't actually the video doesn't actually show the car hitting her it's just right before then they cut it off but i slowed the video down and i can see a glimpse of her feet and the the bike tire she's walking the bike across the road. I can see a glimpse, glimpse of her feet and the bike tires, but I don't see anything else of her approximately 15 feet, 10 to 15 feet away. Now, that took about three seconds from the time that I saw her to the time when she was hit, three to four seconds. So for the driver, he would have had three to four seconds of reaction time to see her. That's not very much time. And just to give you some context, in the United States, about 6,000 pedestrians are hit every year. So, and we'll talk about more of that in a minute here. But, um, now, that's the outside. That's the, the view of the camera pointing forward. And it doesn't show, they don't show what the LiDAR saw, and they don't show what the radar or any of the other sensors saw. It's just the raw footage of the camera. Now, inside the car... This is where it gets a little um, more complicated. Inside the car, 
you have the driver who is uh, appears to be looking down. And I'm guessing, if I had to guess, uh, you know, when you look, when you're driving on the road and you see somebody looking down and they're driving like a moron, they're looking at their phone almost every time. I have a vehicle that sits up a little bit higher. It's an SUV, small cars. I can look and I can see people just staring down at their phone. So he's kind of looking at that angle. I don't know if he is looking at his phone, but he's looking at that angle. So I have no information and they haven't released any information that he was looking at his phone, but he is looking down. At one point, he pops his head up, and he kind of looks forward, and he looks to the left, and then he pops his head back down, and he's looking down for about seven seconds before, at the last minute, he sees Miss um, Herzberg, and that's when the video stops. So that's right when he hit her, likely. And I don't know if it, when he looks up, it's because he felt the car hit somebody, or if he just noticed out of his, it's not really peripheral vision, but out of the top of his vision, if he just noticed somebody standing there, unknown. It does not appear that Miss Herzberg, as she's walking across the street, it does not appear that she sees the driver at all, doesn't see the car at all, based on how she's walking. But it's hard to know because she had she passed away, so you can't ask her, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate that she passed away. Um... So at this point, Uber, they've cooperated with Tempe Police and the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, the NHTSA. Um, it's, it's really unknown. Uh, Tempe Police say that a human driver would have done the same thing. There wasn't enough reaction time. And I would tend to agree with that. But here's the caveat. We don't know if there would have been any... Um, we don't know if the driver could have slammed on his brakes, if the driver could have made a, in that three seconds, a maneuver to avoid totally or mostly the victim. We just don't know because he was looking down. He was not keeping his eyes forward watching the road like he's supposed to be because he's in control of the vehicle even though autopilot's running and i don't want to bash on this guy because i'm sure he feels terrible this is something that could really happen to anybody um but the fact is we don't we just don't know so uber says that there's self-driving technologies uh that should have seen the victim but it didn't I see these uh, Ubers and Waymo. The Waymo vans are kind of more around the valley than the Ubers, but the Ubers, they really concentrate in like Tempe, right around where the ASU college students are. And in that area, there it is a dense pedestrian and auto uh, traffic uh, area. Like there are constantly people walking across the street. Uh, const- there are cars like all the way across the road. I mean, this is it's really dense with people and vehicles. And here's a a side note. Almost no one in Phoenix uses the crosswalks. It's very stressful for a driver, even in the daytime, uh, not to mention the nighttime. But I can't tell you how many times that I drove by and at the last minute I see somebody standing in the turning lane, like I'm in the left lane traveling, let's say west. And And there's somebody standing waiting for me to pass by, but I didn't see them until I was right up on them. So this happens all the time in Phoenix. 
and I try to be a very careful driver. The last thing that I want to do, and this is something that something's imprinted on my mind because I've seen a lot of pedestrians hit by cars. Last thing that I want to do is hit a pedestrian um, and and hurt them or kill them. So it is something that I think about a lot when I'm driving, especially in specific areas. I know that there are, there are some areas where it's really prevalent. And driving through those areas, I try and be extra cautious. Um, let's see. Uh, pedestrians in Phoenix, like I said, they get hit all the time because they don't use crosswalks. They get hit for using the sidewalk. They get hit for using the bike lane. Like in Phoenix, it's it's as bad as wrong way driving. Like if you look up Phoenix and wrong way driving, people are constantly getting on the freeway the wrong way and wiping out entire families. So being hit uh, by a vehicle is is even more common than the wrong way driving that we have. And it just happens so much here. It's ridiculous. I've never lived in a place where it happened. I've never lived in a, in a city this big, but I've never lived in a place where it happens as much as it does in this area, like the Maricopa County area. Um, yeah, so having said that, we'll never know whether the driver could have avoided or attempted to avoid hitting this person because uh, they were looking down. And it's really unfortunate. And again, I don't want to bash on the guy because, um, you know, I see, I've seen online where he's got a criminal record, uh, but it was like in 2004 or 2002 or something like that. Like we live in a society where you're supposed to pay for your, um, pay for your crimes with, with uh, jail and once you're out, you're supposed to get kind of a clean slate. So I don't want to bash on the guy for all that stuff. But I do know um, that he's got to be hurting. And it cannot be a, a friendly or a, a fun feeling to uh, take somebody's life. So my heart goes out to him in that respect. But that's it. That's the whole podcast. And I said not 50 minutes, and I was correct, but it is a little over 40 minutes. So I'm going to bust through this real quick so we can get out of here. First up, if you want to email me, and you can email me about anything, even if it's criticism, it's Bodie at 918digital.com. B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Next is, uh, if you can follow me on Twitter, at 918digital. Phone number to call and talk back is 918-401-0071. My website's website's in limbo at the moment. I'm hoping to get to that sometime soon. Leave a review. It really helps out the podcast and leave an honest review. I don't want to, I know a lot of podcasts are out uh, saying leave a five-star review. That's great if you do, but leave an honest review. That's really what I appreciate more. And then there's stickers that you can get on iOS, but you can check those out um, in the show notes. I won't, I won't hit that over the head too hard either. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Next week's show should be out on Friday. Um, this week I've been really sick. So, um, yesterday I couldn't hardly lift my head. Oh, that's the other thing real quick. I had to go to the doctor. I had to go to the doctor in Scottsdale, which is really far away from my house, but it was, uh, I, I belonged to one medical and that was the only one that could see me. Only person that could see me same day at the time I needed to be seen. So I was like, well, I'll go to Scottsdale. It's by the Scottsdale mall. I'll go into the Tesla store. I'll see the model three. Turns out the model three is not there. 
So I guess it's only at it was only at these stores for a limited time. I thought it would be there forever, but or at least for a long time. But no. Answer's no. So yeah, that was a fun experience. Anyway, everybody have a good week. I will talk to you next Friday. And thanks so much for coming back and listening to the show, because I really appreciate you. 